March 9th, 2001. Dear Diary, So, I was asked to contribute to this Heritage Day thing at school. I, I guess I should be honored, but I'm already struggling to keep up with my work as it is. I'm never going to be top of the class at this rate, especially with that Bonnie overachieving. She doesn't even play sports as an uneven playing field. Plus, I asked my parents and it turns out I'm Polish. I don't really know what I'm going to talk about for Heritage Day. Honestly, most of what they were talking about sounded like a total bummer. A lot of war stuff and a lot of discrimination stuff. But at least we got to choose when we came to America though, right? <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll have to talk to some people about what they're doing. Maybe some people have some advice. I wonder what that Kyle's gonna do. He's always weird about this kind of stuff. Love, Carter. They say the podcast was invented in Ireland when a radio host sliced his radio show too thin and discovered it had a spicy hot take element to it. You know, I didn't mind that. I I knew an accent was coming. <laughs> Wait, but of course there was an accent. Coming. I was expecting like a worse reference. Um so so I like the quote that you went with. Well done. Yes. Um, well, one, that accent was a disaster. It started right. Like I had a little bit of the, tw- like a little bit of the twang and then it just nosedived by the end. That's, of it. I can't, okay. I can't do an accent for more than like three lines. That's, it's just fact. It's science. That's okay. You just have to live with it. Um, yes. I picked that line just because that was my favorite. Uh, we'll talk about what we're watching in a minute, but, um, <laughs> that was my favorite bit. We were, me and Sydney watched this specific movie together and at one point, there was an explanation of how the potato chip came to be. And out of nowhere, I just angrily texted me, that is literally a lie. That is not what happened. <laughs> Welcome to the Disney Desk, everyone. I'm Carter. And I'm Sydney. And on today's episode, we are introducing a sort of brand new series. Yeah, today, you know, this month is, is, has been full of, like, new stuff for us. Um, oh, like, yeah. buckle in, listeners. So we have a new segment, um for the Disney desk and we call it the DCOM Diaries where we are devoting our time to uh, exploring some of our favorite famous slash infamous Disney Channel original movies. Yes uh, in the proto days of the podcast back in our YouTube days um, one of our most successful episodes was an episode where we quite literally went down a list of every single DCOM and briefly talked about them. Uh, it was madness. We had to split it into two parts. It almost killed both of us. Right. Um, and now that Disney Plus allows us to actually watch all of them, it seemed like a cool opportunity to sort of like really go through the canon a bit. Right. So today's episode, um, it's it, this is a strange choice to kick off this series uh, you can say but that. it's a seasonal pick that we felt was appropriate for March because we like a theme. So today we are talking about the Disney Channel original movie, Luck of the Irish. Yes, a standard in my home. Uh, this is <laughs> one of the three or four that inexplicably was playing all the time on On Demand. Right. And I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, Me too. But before we dive in, it's time for another round of Internet Minute. Would you like to kick us off? Yes, I will. So this week we're both doing um, one for reasons that I think will be self-evident once you start listening to the episode. Um, So this topic is fun because it kind of covers a lot of ground. It kind of covers a lot of the sort of scoopster amateur journalist space that I like to exist in. So, as many of you know, there one of the secret ways you can find out about a project or a show is through toys, because most toy deals and like production schedules are made so far in advance that you have to like you have to have the toys ready to go way before the thing comes out. 
And people will go to toy conventions, they'll go into toy listings, people who work at toy companies. Like, you will be able to find interesting little leaks and little tidbits about some of the projects that are to come. Hmm. And here's an example that really interested me. So um, Funko Pop is starting to get ready to drop their line, their kind of next round of Marvel products. Um which includes uh, the new round of Funko Pops for What If, the Ooh. Marvel animated series about, you know, it, it's a short animated series. We've talked about it, like hypotheticals set in the Marvel universe. Like if one different thing happened, how would that change everything? And now some of those toys are starting to drop. And at one that everyone on Reddit, I'm going to specifically reference uh, that I saw it on. It's called Funko Finders. It's an Instagram dedicated Ooh. to like, collectible Funkos and stuff. I need to get on that. Yes. Uh, One of the products that dropped is a character called Kaori. And everyone was... That started a little bit of a storm on the MCU uh, Reddit and social media space because there's no character in the comics named Kaori. This appears to be a brand new character. Um, And this news kind of dropped a week or so ago. People were trying to figure out, like, oh, is this, like, a reference to 1606? Like, is this the, which is, like, a Marvel storyline where everything's said in, like, colonial eras? Um, Is she some kind of alternate history version of Valkyrie? Because her name kind of sounds like Corrie. She has the same sort of, like, electric blue and white face paint thing that um, Valkyrie has. Mm -hmm. And in an interesting twist, Marvel actually talked about this they didn't just leave the scoopsters up in the air they just today released a little article uh meet kaori the newest superhero in marvel studios what if so they explain that this is going to be in an episode where they explain what would have happened if the tesseract fell to earth and ended up in pre-colonial america so the idea based on this article is um the tesseract falls into a lake around the uh, Haudenosaunee uh, tribe, which um, you might know as the Iroquois Nation. Kaori is a young Mohawk woman who uses the Tesseract to explore the stars and find her power. Um, wow. So, so this is interesting, one, because it's Marvel just saying, look, something got leaked, let's just get out in front of it and announce this new character. Um, two, it's huge because there's not a lot of indigenous characters in the MCU right now. Mm, yeah. The only one that's, like, appearing off the top of my head is um, Echo from the Hawkeye series is um, Mm. indigenous. And three, you know, their wording doesn't necessarily say it's an original character. It says the newest superhero. But if it's an original character, it is interesting to think about. The MCU is quietly making a lot of very cool, fun characters who are original. Uh, Coulson is one of the more famous. Uh, Darcy... Uh, Lewis, particularly in like the human sidekicks department, they have a lot of great characters. But it's cool that they're making kind of an OC character who's indigenous American and an OC character who's super powered. And Mm. um, I'm curious to see, you know, I will be curious to see, like, are they going to transfer to live action? Because a big part of the what if angle is like, oh, well, if we want to bring these characters to live action, we can just do that because we've established the idea of a multiverse. I think that would be a fun opportunity. And I just thought this was a fun story just because it's like, hey, yeah, it's like a scoop leads to news. Right. I am fascinated by the angle of of um, of toys being sort of the gateway into like breaking news like this. Right. Um, it's almost like a fun cheat code into to things like that. And something I it's like I sort of knew that like I, I've known that that sort of licensing is how that works. But mm-hmm. I never really thought about it as being like, oh, that's like the back door in. Right, especially for, like, Disney, because Disney is so, like, you know, we've, we've talked about Walt Disney having, like, the drawing where all the different, like, tentacles of mm-hmm. his company are, like, interconnecting. Like, yeah, a part of why an interesting discussion I was hearing about Ant-Man, it's like, hey, look, Ant-Man lost its original director weeks before shooting. Normally a studio would just shelve the thing and let it be what it was. But Marvel's mm-hmm. like, hey, look, even if it doesn't work out, even if this is a disaster, or Disney's like, even if it's a disaster you know, we'll be able to make park rides, we'll be able to make merch, we'll be able to make, like, he'll appear in other things, animation. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll just have a whole, like, it's worth it, even if this initial investment doesn't pay out. Right. Um, All right. Interesting. Hit me with yours. This is from Twitter user at Jay the Ghoul. And I guess we'll tag him. He says, 
I am stoked for the Little Mermaid remake, but I cannot fathom why Disney released this dark poster today. It feels like a grungy, edgy thriller instead of a vibrant, beautiful movie. I had to fix it with some color correction. I couldn't help it. Here's the before and after. Um, and let me quickly pop this over to you so that you can see like exactly what I'm looking at here. It's so interesting um, because multiple people have done this. People are yeah, not a fan of this. As I, as I went through Twitter today, like I put in the search like Little Mermaid Color and so many users are doing this. And a few of them I saw today were even like, yeah, I didn't use Photoshop. Like I literally just with my iPhone lifted the brightness and revealed so much dimension in the water, so much to mention in her tail. First of all, so um, we'll include this image, but this um, this is just like the sort of an imitation of the original Little Mermaid poster mm. that sort of has her like on a rock in front of a full moon and she's sort of like in silhouette. Um, this So this is her on, on a rock uh, above water. Um, and yeah... There's a lot of, of, I wanted to talk about this today because Twitter is kind of filled with, like, like we said, people taking this upon themselves to color correct it, um, but also talking about like their concerns going into the film about all of it looking like this, about, um, and all of it, A, all of the film being color, like graded like this, but sort of a larger issue with these live action films. Those of you on Patreon last week heard me talk about people's feelings towards these live action uh, films. And so this is sort of has opened up another layer of people's disdain for these live action remakes and why they have sort of almost lost their magic in something as sort of technical as color grading a film uh, it's color grading i could i don't want to hog your topic so i'll keep my larger rant but i just think back to um the game of thrones like there was the game of thrones controversy when the like final battle episode kind of came out where they had to fight like the ice zombies and everyone complained about like how lit it was lit and colored and the cinematographer came out and said, well, that's a problem with your TV. And everyone's like, oh, look at these <laughs> PJ money bags over here. And it's like, well, one, there's a truth to that. And I'm like, everything is getting colored in like shaded the same kind of bland way because it's yeah. like, look, we just need it to work for everyone. Any computer, any TV screen, yeah. any theater. Any phone. Or, yeah, any phone. We just have to pick a specific palette. And for some reason, Disney's locked in on this is how these should be colored for like everything and yeah it's like i hate how especially the night scenes for all these live action movies yeah. look. it literally looks like they just gave a dark blue, blue. paint job over it yep um, so you know this i felt that this was like interesting discourse because i mean for those of you that don't know like we we kind of get into film school talk on this podcast but like color grading is sort of an extension of storytelling in and of itself it yes. seems like weirdly technical and it is weirdly technical, but it does, it does matter. And I don't know about you, but like, yeah, looking at this poster does affect my attitude going in. I'm for me, the jury is still sort of out about whether or not I'm like in favor of this movie. Um, what, what about you? I don't know. I mean, it's also colored by the fact that they just dropped the trailer for um, Peter Pan and Wendy. And that was also oh, right. very like muted and sort of colorless. Which is a bit, yeah. which is disappointing because it's from the director of Green Knight, which is a, which is simultaneously very dark and grim, but at the same time super colorful. Like, yeah, it's how you do like dark fantasy while not just being gray. Yeah, rust brown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's disappointing <laughs> me that it's so colorless. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think of this film. It's weird that it's taken so long to come out. It's weird that like. It's just so many decisions about it are so frustrating. Of all of the, like, it's the last of the four big Renaissance ones. They've done Lion King, they've done Aladdin, they've done Beauty and the Beast. This is the last one of these. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's also, like, the most colorful and vibrant and, like, whimsical of all of them. So it's like, right. 
this specific direction feels the most egregious. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I don't know, man. I yeah. just, a part of me is like, can we just get this one out of the way and then take right. a long break, break. and figure yes. out like, why are we doing this? What do we hope to achieve <laughs> from this? How do we improve this? Is that something we can all agree to? Yeah, that we need a good hard look in the mirror after this. And that's and coming like... from someone who wants to like these, who is not oh, against yeah. this as a concept, is Absolutely. more just against the approach. The execution of them, yeah. This has been another Internet Minute. Back to your regular scheduled programming. All right. Luck of the Irish. Or as we have been affectionately calling it over emails and text messages, Irish boy. Yes, which, look, (laughs) some of my friends have picked up on a negative energy on this podcast toward (laughs) certain white groups this isn't gonna help (laughs) no it's not not even a little this is not going to help (laughs) a little bit and it's like it's really not our fault like listen this movie this movie had it coming this is this is one of those times where someone deserved to be bullied right i'm like dude i feel bad that you're getting bullied but like (laughs) you could just come on this this movie's goofy as hell and we're gonna get into it but Carter, like, can you give us a synopsis? Tell, just, like, give these people a... Let, let them know what we're dealing with here. What What is this movie about? This movie <laughs> is... Uh, this movie is a lot of things to a lot of people. For some, <laughs> it's a masterpiece. To all, it's legendary. It's mythology. It's American pop. This is me stalling so I can get the character names up. Oh, God. Okay, so this is about a high schooler, 15-year-old Kyle Johnson. He's the perfect early 2000s Disney Channel star. He's cool. The girls like him in that very early high school way. He's got a cool black... He's got baggy pants and spiky hair. He's got a cool black friend who makes the quips. Yeah, and he's on the basketball team. Oh, yeah. He, despite physically appearing like he would get run off the court, even at JV level, he's on the basketball team. (laughs) There's a girl who's like, oh, you're a mess, but kind of likes him. Um, Right. So at their school, they're doing a heritage day, which is exactly as problematic and awkward and cringe as you would assume from an early 2000s Disney Channel movie. Um, Uh And his parents are really, really weird about it. They don't want to talk about their heritage. And then one day, he happens to realize through a series of context clues based around his lucky coin, he's Irish. So he goes to an Irish heritage day, and before he knows it, his luck is starting to run out. He's making mistakes at school. He's embarrassing himself. He's getting run off the court, like in an accurate depiction of real life. And then the hammer drops. He is not just Irish, but a leprechaun. So his mother is a leprechaun. And somehow their luck has been stolen. His lucky coin's been stolen. Their luck has been stolen. So he has to go on a city-spanning trip because they could only film in one location to retrieve his lucky coin, restore his family's luck before he, I genuinely don't know what the stakes are. I guess he's just a leprechaun forever. Yeah, like, at this point, none of the rest of this story matters. <laughs> right. It really is the ultimate just, this is like the you, ultimate elevator pitch movie. Like yeah, you, you just explained, like, up until this point, everything that you said, that's pretty much all of, of, of note that, that needs to be said about this. Everything else, yeah, is just us getting back to square one. We spend the rest of the film trying to retrieve this coin. Yes. It really feels like the writer caught Bob Iger, or sorry, no, this would have been Eisner still, Eisner, in an elevator, gave him this elevator pitch. Boy discovers, as his luck runs out, that he's a leprechaun. And Eisner's like, yeah, whatever, you can do that. Um, And then he's like, I'm busy. I don't have anything else. And he realized, (laughs) oh, there's nothing else here. Yeah. Okay. So that's look at the Irish. We watched it. First of all, let's let's like you mentioned previously a couple minutes ago about like your relationship to this film as a kid and like having it be on a lot. I have something similar of like I'm I, when I told my mom that we were recording this, I was like, "Do you remember this movie?" She was like, "Yeah." Like it was one that I remember the commercials almost more than the movie itself. Um, right. Because I feel like it was on often, similar to. Um, what's it called? The Color of Friendship. It was more seasonally shown around right. this time of year. But it has a very I specific like, time and place. 
And yeah. boy, did they grind that thing. Because, like, they didn't make more things like Color to Friendship. They didn't make more things like Luck of the Irish. It's not like Christmas where they're going to make more than one so they can kind of, like, swap right. them in and out. Like, this no. is it. This is the one. Pull it out. Um, so, so, yeah. But I have, like, like going into this this time, I, re- I said, like, I remember this movie in sort of flashes. I remember the story, but, like, a lot of this I don't remember. <laughs> um, I, I certainly don't remember it being chaotic and unhinged. Right, because I, I remembered the beats, but the moment-to-moment was fuzzy for me. <laughs> and I, I was the one who suggested this because we did need something for St. Patrick's Day, and I was like, this is the one Irish thing I know Disney actually has. Like, and... I was like, and when you started being like, I, I don't remember. I recommended this. No, no, you recommended Brave, and I was like, that's Scottish, not Irish. I definitely recommended it. this movie. No, I. Oh my god, we're gonna have to go. I swear to God, I will go I into our chat, go screenshot into... it, and put it in our like in social media. To do prove it. A point. <laughs> Please do because I actually feel certain that this that I delivered this one. Okay. Well, but then you started <laughs> messaging me like I don't remember this at all, and I'm like, oh, you are in for a no, ride. Yeah. Brace yourself. If not, maybe I'm. No, I definitely recommended this. Yeah, and then I was like, what about we call it Decom Diaries? Anyway. Well, you're we'll the one who suggested the later. series. I suggested this individual episode. There's no way that you did this. I totally. <laughs> okay, oh, we will. We could go back and forth. Our friendship I'm... might be on the line for this. I one, feel positive we? that this was my idea. Okay. Anyway. Um, what were we talking about? This stupid movie? This movie's kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, holy totally Like, look. Like, DCOMs are a mixed bag. <laughs> Sometimes you get ones that are, like, the ultimate, like, mix of everything that makes Disney Disney. Like, the perfect sort of TV-level entertainment. Um, and other times, you get, uh, wackadoo off-the-rails madness. And yeah. th- where, like... <laughs> They picked three buzzwords and drove them to their logical extreme and then set an entire house on fire. Yeah. Where do we okay. where do we even start? Let's start, you know, I, I've made notes for this, and my notes are split into two categories. Things that are unhinged and things that maybe sort of kind of work. Nice. The other clean. the second list is very small. It's like one thing. But <laughs> But um, let's start with everything that is completely crazy unhinged about this movie, um, which may which will take up this entire talk. The first thing that I have, as I was like re rewatching it today in preparation for this, cinematography. This we we have to talk about the cinematography of this movie um, because it's insane, and I I'm almost afraid that some of its insanity is done on purpose. <laughs> like, the scene when Kyle is... There's just some weird, like, forced perspective stuff going on. Like, uh, they they use this, like, disorienting, like, fisheye effect sometimes, like, when they're sitting at the dinner table and right. she's serving up that, like, weird spaghetti salad slop. Yes. And, like, they, like, are zooming in on the parents as he's, like, questioning them, like what kind of white person am I? And they're like, what are you talking about? We're not white. Who told you that? (laughs) We're not even white. They're so distressed at the question. They're like, no, we're not white. Literally. But like, you think I'm joking, but I'm not. Like That's the thing. This is the ultimate, you have to watch this to understand what we're talking about. Because, and I know this doesn't connect to the, and we'll talk about this more, (laughs) but like the way his parents are depicted until the leprechaun thing drops and it only makes sense after the leprechaun things drop because it's like, oh, you guys right. are having a nervous, silent, nervous breakdown all the time <laughs> yes. that you're going to get outed as a magical creature. Like, yeah, I would be stressed <laughs> the fuck out too. I would be acting like a complete psychopath. Right. Like, these these parents have, like, the worst suspicious energy in, like, the first third of this movie when, like, like they're both she- just, like, walking on eggshells. They can't look them in the eye. Like, they are both, they look like they're doing drugs. Like, like they make a joke that, that they're, like, spies. And I'm like, yeah, they're acting like they've killed multiple people and hidden they the bodies. Have. 
But like they literally like when I say who told you we were white, these the line like we are Americans comes up like that is a direct quote. They keep insisting that they are Americans and that is the only way to describe them. Yeah, which we will unpack <laughs> that later. Which yuck, 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 yuck. But yes. anyway, cinematography. Um, there's these weird moments where like sometimes the camera's handheld and I'm like, why are you using a handheld camera right, right now? Like, yeah, it really just, it feels like they just, I don't know if it's like we have to lean into how crazy this is or we just don't have time to film it like a normal TV film. It must or, be. Because it's like, you know, they show episodes of, like, Kyle and, um, dang it, Russell? Is that his best yes. friend's name? Like, walking around in their neighborhood, and I was like, this neighborhood looks paper mache. Like, this straight up looks like a painted backdrop and just, like, cardboard, like, 2D, <laughs> just, like, the front facade of a bunch of houses. Right. It looks and, like, fake as hell. The whole thing. It looks movie. like plastic, yeah. But... This one scene, like, when I was rewatching, I was like, oh my god, this is the worst continuity thing I've ever seen in my life. There's a scene where Kyle decides to, like, take matters into his own hand and start rummaging through his father's office. And that, and it's like, so the scene starts with, like, we're behind Kyle and his back's to us. He's over the desk, like, looking through his dad's yearbook. And it's like, so you can see the whole room and... You, you can see the window and it looks like we're on the second story and even like looking out the window like you can see the tops of other buildings like so this is it they established that this is like a room inside the house mm. and that it's even like up on elevated like it's up on the second floor but then like the mom comes home and like catches him in the office and he sort of has to act nonchalant so then it's like the camera turns around and the mother's coming through the front door and when we pan back to him suddenly the office is like just off of the front door like it's just off of the entryway and even the view from out of the window is different and it's like yeah. a different room and see it's so tough <laughs> to tell what is a stylistic choice and what is like a we're cheap as hell well not cheap as hell we were given a budget of like 10 pennies and a song, yeah. sad song because like the choice why are you choosing to do canted angles like were you literally yeah. canting the shot as it's happening that weird like side angle like yeah. that's not like There's that takes up more time. That's not a budget saving decision. Like, no. and you know, you know what it is. It fe- it's almost shot like, and in, in terms of like production value and like, like weird decisions, it's shot like a freaking Goosebumps book, like a yeah. Goosebumps show. But like one of the ones where they're like, ah, eh, this book's not that popular. We don't need to put the effort in for this one. Right. And like, at the same, but it doesn't work because it's like it still has that Disney Channel sitcom energy of like we're pausing yeah. for a laugh. Mm-hmm. Here we are, yeah. <laughs> um, what what are some unhinged unhinged notes that you have? Well, it, this one ties into sort of the production value of everything. The sound effects are so oh confusing. <laughs> like they are Gene from Bob's Burgers, like pressing synthesizer. Keys. Yeah, pressing keys and it having like a fart sound come out. Like, that's the, that's the kind of sound effects that are in this movie. Like, she's putting food on a plate, and it has, like, a splat sound. Or, like, yeah. this basically fart sounds. Like, when there's gross right. food, there's, like, a fart sound. It, I'm like, again, I understand this was the early 2000s when Nickelodeon was really kind of folding Disney-like laundry. But right. I didn't think, like, what, this energy does not... And again, that's the problem with, like, the weird, scary, or creepy <laughs> elements of this, where it's like, why are you doing this goofball, like, McGillicuddy <laughs> shit? It just does not fit in with the rest of the movie. I just, like, can't contain my laughter just talking about... <laughs> why are we doing just, this? Just remembering. <laughs> Didn't I say that to you during... I was like, why are we watching this? Your exact phrasing was, why the fuck are we watching this movie? And I'm like, because we couldn't think of anything else Irish to do can for I... Disney. <laughs> Sorry, I cannot stop laughing. Okay, I just thought of something hilarious, and I made a note of it. Um, and we'll get into, like, we'll, we'll get into the real issues, but, like, this scene has so many things in it <laughs> that are just so crazy. <laughs> like, and so bizarre. So, so Kyle... And Russell visit, like, this Irish festival going on in town. Mm-hmm. And they have Irish food and these vendors and everybody's walking around wearing green and blah, 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 blah. And then they have this stage where there there are these, like, step, an Irish step 
troupe. They're a professional Irish step troupe, right? Which is always impressive to watch, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. And this is the scene where we're introduced to our villain. Um, Seamus is his name. Seamus, and, I believe. But we don't know that he's... that. That's what it is. Um, we don't know that he's the villain yet, but he, it seems like he's, like, one of the dancers in the troupe, or he's, like, introducing them. And he... Carter. I just saw this today. <laughs> so, wait, I have to explain the scene. He, like... There's, like, a crowd of people, like... Seamus is, like, standing in the crowd. He's got, like, one of those microphone things on. And he's, yeah. like, giving this grand speech to, like, introduce the dancers on stage. Like, we Irish, we just can't stop dancing. Yes, he's, like... We, that's our power. If you feel it in your blood, the, uh... <laughs> How is your Irish accent if better you, than mine? <laughs> I don't know, I'm an actor. And Fair enough. But, so he's, like, giving the speech... And he's, like, weaving in between, like, he's sort of theatrically, like, weaving in between the people in the crowd. And he's, like, going around and, like, touching people on the shoulder, like, as he, Carter, every, you need to go back and watch this. Because every person, like, after he taps them on the shoulder, they, they just, start, like, yeah. doing a jig. <laughs> it's literally like a, like a, like a like a mega church or one of those churches where you like pray the madness out of someone and they just start like shaking that is exactly the reference that i was going to make it it looks like those evangelical like mega churches that you see when they're like give the holy spirit to someone and they just start like spazzing out (laughs) and you slept yeah he was like every person that he touched that he walked by and they're just the, and you can tell that they're just these random extras, and suddenly they just like start like, <laughs> like imagine doing a jig. being a like grinding in the Hollywood scene like an extra just grinding <laughs> away, and like want you uh, innocuously because your agent is probably like hey do you have any special skills you know that can get you work you innocuously mention that you know Irish step dancing you don't and then one day you get the call. It's even less than that. It's like, you don't have to know. Just bounce up and down. Like, see what they're doing. Just kind of imitate that. Yeah, the camera's going to be high up. Don't worry. It's not going to see your feet. (laughs) But it's like, they're just these awkward, like, extras that don't know what to do with their face. And, like, they all just start, like, doing this jig, like, around, like, where they're standing, like, in the crowd. And the other thing that gets me is, like, there are so many scenes, like, dance scenes in this movie and it does, like, the Muppets Most Wanted thing. You know that bit with, like, Ricky Gervais when he's singing that I'm number one, you're number two song? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know you know the, the the gag where he's, like, about to dance monkey dance and they pan down and it's, like, a professional dancer's feet right. at the bottom, but he's just, like, bouncing up and down on top? They, they do that in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> unironically. They unironically do that where like they just show the person from the waist up like just bouncing up and down as if they're doing an Irish jig and there's a professional's legs on the bottom like actually doing the steps like I, like I know we just spent 10 like 5 to 10 minutes <laughs> diagnosing a scene and like cracking up but it that I, I, there's no other way to describe this film it is the most like you just it's literally like you're literally like these edibles ain't show <laughs> no and it really is like you just get thrown for a fucking loop because like it starts out with the weirdness with their parents where you're like oh, maybe they're just stilted actors but then right. out of nowhere they come downstairs and the mom has gone from like girl 90s girl boss to like right. having natural red curls and being like, what's up with the morning to you? And yeah. like making bangers and mash. And then somehow the next day their basement is, or their kitchen is smoking because she somehow made a hearth. Right. And then number, like go down, check, you know, comedy rule of fours. We go downstairs and she's a little, she's literally green screened onto the table. And she's like, you're a leprechaun. And you're like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Like, with no evidence that it's, there's any magic in this universe before that. Nope. Uh, yeah, it's... And your brain just gets programmed to be like, yeah, this is the kind of movie we're watching. So then yep. it turns out his grandpa moved, made a chip factory in town to, like, spy on them. And then... <laughs> That's they get it, too elaborate. You can... right, right. And then, like... He's, he's turned a business. He's turning into a leprechaun again. And then there's, cha- there's a car chase. And you're just like, yeah, mm-hmm, yep. This is, this is it. Here we are. Can we just talk for a second? Like, 
her actually being a leprechaun is not a good enough reason to justify all of the weird behavior that they had to keep this a secret. I don't understand why this had to be a secret. Right. I'm just like, why didn't you just sit him down and say, yeah, you're a leprechaun, but as long as you have this coin, we're fine. Just be cool, okay? Yeah. Didn't you guys have the sex talk with him? This can't be as bad as that. Right. Well, no, he's 15, so probably not. Probably not. I don't know, man. I was a I was a square in Look, high school. I don't I know what anyone ever I does. I forget that like everything happens earlier for girls than it happens for boys, probably. Well, yeah, that too. But yeah, it's like I'm like because again, the energy they give off is like you know we had to leave Bosnia after uh, being complicit in a shooting. Right. Uh, that's why we're here. Please stop asking questions. But they, like, they live in Cleveland, and what did they say, that they used to live in, like, what, Cincinnati? Like, they, they just right. mentioned that they, they left a different town in the U.S. Yes. There is a Chekhov's subplot with Lake Erie <laughs> that we have to get to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what, what else? Because we haven't even scratched the surface of things that are cray-cray. Can we, um, should we, should we, should we dive into this heritage thing? Yeah, let's get this out of the way so we can get the more fun stuff um, after. Yeah. Because so this like, is kind of the core of the movie. Right. So his his friends, kind of, he has a best friend who is a black kid named Russell, also on the basketball team with him. And then there's this girl who's like kind of his friend who becomes their friend at the end. She's like the Bonnie. She's the high school 2000s girl boss of like, yes. her, like the protagonist's inevitable I'm girlfriend. I'm smart. Yeah, I'm smart. And I can't take your shenanigans anymore. And then I'm she's like, gifted. oh, I actually like you. Yeah, I kind of like you, but every time I see you, I'm going to, like, say something kind of mean to you. Yeah, I'm going to be weirdly passive-aggressive. Okay, yeah. So Bonnie is, of course, in charge of everything, which is a joke that gets made. Like, we, side note, this is, like, a popular trope that was especially popular in the 2000s of, like, a girl of color being like a super overachiever and having the highest GPA and being in yes. every club. Like that's a, that is a joke, a, a trope. Yeah. And Bonnie is one of them. Her, she's, her name is Bonnie Lopez. We're supposed to think that she, the real actress, her name is Alexis Lopez. They didn't try very hard to, they were like, great. What's your last name? Okay. Um, so, and then we have like Russell, the black kid, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they, for them to like, it's, it, can we talk about how strange it is? To have this kid sandwiched in between two people of color, to have the whole conversation be like, the Irish have had it harder than anybody else. I feel like we need to back up even from that. I feel like we need to lay the groundwork a little more. Because that's a big, like, finger point. But once you understand. So this film opens, and I described it as, it really feels like we're about to break into Michael Jackson's black and white. We just keep cutting to different (laughs) faces of various ages, ethnicities, and races. And then all of a sudden, there is an indigenous person performing on stage, and it's established it is Heritage Day at his high school. And Bonnie mm-hmm. is really adamant that as one of the most popular kids in school, he contributes, like he does something. Which is and kind she's of like. Right. She's not wrong, but at yeah. the same time, um, that is why he's poking and prodding. And initially, when his mom finally reveals that they're Irish, she's like, you know, it was so hot. I can't, I, fuck, I'm not doing the voice. I can't get it. I can't get it today. I'm sorry. I'm trying here. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, we had it so hard, you know, when us Irish first came to this country, like, you know, we were given the worst jobs and they wouldn't give us housing. And we had to live in cramped <laughs> tenements and, you know, it was so terrible. And then you do the trope of like using magic or metaphor to make a metaphor for like intolerance. Cause it's like, oh, leprechauns, we were mistreated, you know, we, we've we never been given respect. So it's a layer on top of a layer. Yeah. And that just becomes, and also, it's established that his mom's dad, like, his grandfather is furious that she married a non-leprechaun, as they call it a, in the movie, the text of the film says this, a mixed marriage, because he's just a regular-ass human from Cleveland. Um, and just, it lays, it just... <laughs> Movie. Uh, I just can't it handle just, it. It just it keeps hammering this point home of like 
We're the little people. It's using <laughs> leprechauns as a metaphor for Irish, and specifically a metaphor for how the Irish were mistreated during the great migrations of, like, the 1920s during, like, the potato famine. And... <laughs> Question. Do you yes. think... Do you think this film was a genuine attempt at, like, delivering some sort of history? If See, I say no, because we've seen Disney do that. The Color of Friendship is spent at a very specific time, in a very specific right. place, centered around a very specific real incident that actively, like, changed <laughs> the world. Right. Or, to do it in non-sort of, like, poly- like a different example, Cadet Kelly, or not Cadet Kelly, what's the one on the boat? It's the one where her dad's, like, in the Navy or something. Oh, 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 it's Hayden Panettiere. I can't yes. remember. Tiger or something? Tiger Cruise? Tiger. Tiger. Tiger Cruise. That's it. Yeah. Um, yes, Tiger Cruise is centered around 9-11. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to that. I hate to, I hate to yeah. put the 9-11 card back in, uh, like, in my sleeve. <laughs> the de- but we'll yeah. get there. Um, yeah, it is, I would say no, because it's just too broad. Because yeah. here, here's the thing. It is totally fair to want to talk about, and, like, it's the... American tale sort of thing of like there is a worth in talking about how even in the 1920s even in the 1800s the Statue of Liberty mantra of like bring me your huddled masses was aspirational it was not Mm -hmm. what America was achieving and like so much of like the spine of New York is built around ethnic groups and immigrants being mistreated and brought together and sort of smashed into these communities because they were deemed lesser by like, these sort of, like, traditional Anglican French, Mm -hmm. like, founders of the nation. Right. To do that in 2001 is some silly goose shit. Yeah. (laughs) To not get specific enough to, like, actually make points is some silly goose shit. To have his two sidekicks be people of color is some silly goose shit. And then to, you know, again, like, you, you said one of the quotes of the film, of, of her being like, oh, we've had it so hard uh, up until this point, blah, 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 blah. Um, they keep repeating this. Like, they don't deliver this message enough in this film um, that the Irish were, um, they kept saying, like, Irish need not apply, and they found it hard to get housing and jobs and blah, 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 blah. And then there is a line it's at the very end of the movie and we have talked about this so many times at the very very end of the movie the black kid russell in response to someone being like we were we weren't paid enough for our work blah 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 and he keep in says, mind, this is in the context of like well they're not dying they just lost their unfair luck like their magical yeah, luck right exactly they are about to give up on their pursuit of finding this coin and the grandfather is reiterating how difficult it is to be Irish, blah, 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 blah. The Irish have had it so bad, and we didn't make enough money, we weren't paid enough. And then Russell says, at least they were paid. And we just, <laughs> like, I, like ice skates, slide right fucking past Friends, them. friends, listeners, listen, listen. Countrymen. <laughs> Let me hear sisters. They, they acted like he said nothing. <laughs> He might as well have. <laughs> he might as well have kept his mouth shut because they, not a single character, made any indication that they heard him, that they acknowledged what he said. They felt the need to include it in the script and even include it in the cut, in the final cut of this film, of somebody acknowledging that <laughs> the Irish did not actually have it worse. Like, there were even people beneath them Right. Um, <laughs> and they acted like that line was not said at all. They no no characters made any no reference reference to that. Uh, no, nope. barely a pause between lines. Nope. They rolled right over that and kept it moving towards it, their. They it was literally treated as if he it like said a nothing. Line. Like a yep. sitcom line that's just a pause for laugh and then for a laugh track. on with the scene. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> I'm going to cover both of our asses for us and just say, look, I know we have gotten some heat from some of our friends for being a little sassy about the Irish and Italians. Uh, Irish and Italians, we love you. You're all great. We do. We have have no beef. We have no qualms. It is just this specific genre of discourse 
of talking about sort of the mistreatment of 1920s immigrants that yeah. falls, and one, for me, because it's like, all right, cool, but then in the 1960s, y'all sold out when, oh, quote-unquote, oh, traditional sure white people were like, hey, so we can't stop black people from getting the vote. Do you want to team up with us to, like, keep, you know, yeah. to sort of retake power? Yeah, um, and you guys were like, no doubt, let's do that. Yes. And it is also just tough because we are in a very different time and place than when this movie was released, where now yeah. we are seeing what, like, oh, this is what it looks like when the far right are just out and about, huh? And it's like, it really so is. every time we have one of these, like, oh, we were, you know, Irish need not apply. We were spit upon and like given the worst jobs. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. You know, they're performing hysterectomies on the border, right? But cool. Uh-huh. I, you know, I'm so sorry for all what happened to you back then. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there are still kind of multiple active genocides going on in this country. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, um, that also sounds bad. The thing you were dealing with in the 20s. Yeah. How many... How many U.S. presidents do you think are Irish? I know, I know. A good-ass handful, Kennedy. right? At least McKinley. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Yeah, McKinley, Kennedy. That's Irish probably presidents. A oh, <laughs> I looked up Irish presidents and it gave me the presidents the of The president of Ireland. Ireland. Which is funny. That's fair. Thanks, that's Google. That's actually really funny. Um, presidents with Irish heritage. Jackson, Polk, Buchanan, Johnson, Ulysses S. Grant, Glover Cleveland, Chester Allen Arthur. And, like, again, this gets in... It also, like, all of this heritage stuff gets into the problematic thing of white people being like, hey, yeah, I'm this percent this, this percent that, this percent this, uh, this percent an indigenous culture that I'm going to appropriate. And, oh. I mean, you're never going to describe it... Like, I, I hate to steal your quote, but you're like, yeah, I don't know where I... Like, we nobody don't know. like me knows where we came from. We don't know. We don't get to know. Yeah. Like, that's that's a privilege in and of itself to, like, have some reference from where you're from. It really is. We don't know. I have an Irish last name. Do you think I feel Irish? No, it's somebody else's name. No, <laughs> I don't. Well, I didn't that's somebody it. else's name. That I, that, that I, like, this is why people give themselves the last name X. Because, like, what, what else? Like, we don't have anything that's ours. You know, I, like... I I dated someone who swore, like, who loved to talk about the plight of the Irish, which is what this film really should be called. The plight of the Irish. Plight of the Irish. Um, and he said something to me that is like, in this in today's episode of Sydney Ignores Red Flags, um, <laughs> he said, if you take away all of the racism and stuff, Black people and Irish people are the same. Spit take. Please do a spit take. No, I'm a germaphobe. I don't want... But this is a part of the episode where Carter steps away from the (laughs) mic to scream slightly louder as to not destroy his microphone. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. Thank you. Um... So, yeah, Sydney needs to work on her choice of men. But, yes, I did, I, I, he, he did <laughs> say, if you take away all of the racism and stuff, can you imagine Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that way? look, again, it's, it's difficult. I can't even, are... I cannot even, like, I can't, I'm laughing so hard, I cannot even <laughs> give, like, an intelligent sentence right now. I mean, but you know what? You would have to take away... Like, I don't disagree with him. Because you would have to take away all of the racism and stuff for any of this to work. Right. And I, it, it is difficult because it's like, yes, indentured servitude was bad. The Irish potato yes. famine genuinely is one of the coolest things mankind has ever inflicted on another group of humankind. Yes. But, but, the, but, but no. But you guys no. are cool now, right? Yeah, again. It's Must like, be nice. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're let into the cool people's club now, so. Yeah. Like, but we're still allowed to use this out. as a weapon. Right. <laughs> I, what a map. Uh, like, and again, it's just like, these are interesting topics to meddle with and like get into the mud of. Not <laughs> for a goofy decom where like things are at canted angles and we have nickelodeon sound effects that might as well be saying yeah we're trying to emulate nick fart on your grandma um pretty much (laughs) and like a villain who is a who looks like the the guy from lazy town 
and he really does. Yes, and that's before he gets turned into a gremlin monster, which is something we also have to somehow discuss. And I don't all of it. <laughs> it's the ending where it's like this all comes to a head because it ends with Kyle embracing his heritage by doing an Irish dance, and then going <laughs> on a speech of being like. <laughs> Black, brown, red, orange, it doesn't matter. And this is my version of his speech. He doesn't this actually is, say that. Like, this is those, um, like, you ever see those collection of, like, Reddit, like, cringe things that are, like, and everybody claps. <laughs> like, yeah. this is one, <laughs> this has that kind of ending. Like, holy, I, I, we've been swearing, like, sailors this episode. I apologize, audience, but holy fucking shit. <laughs> Like, oh my god. Like, it, it, it's, it's unacceptable. Like, it's, he literally is like, we're all the same, and that's what matters. But some of us are more equal I learned others. nothing. I, I retained <laughs> no lessons from this. Not even that Irish were mistreated. Because, like, the real lesson is like, yeah. wow, it really is amazing, like, how the system puts certain people down and then lifts them up only when it's convenient. Like, there's a lesson to be right. learned there of, like, hey, right. you know, you should really, like, if you actually wanted to make this about heritage, you could be like, yeah, it's important to understand where people come from and why the decisions they make are dictated by those backgrounds. Exactly. But instead it ends with Not him this going, movie. Where he basically it's doing what his parents are doing, where it's like, it doesn't matter. We're all Americans. And they literally start singing, <sighs> This land is your land. This land is my <sighs> land from California. And I just They we're not making this up. I hope you don't think we're making this up. I this wish really I happened. could be this creative. <laughs> just gonna say, I have to like dig into my sleeve and pull out the 9-11 card as if I'm Gambit, like about to yeah. murk somebody. Uh, <laughs> this is a film that can only, and I did look it up because I'm like, I have to know. This came out March 9th, 2001. This is a film that can only exist like pre-9-11, yep. between the Cold War and 9-11. That like little period of time where we talked ourselves into this idea of like, oh, well, it's the end of history. Liberal democracies won. Everything is going to get slowly better. The arc of history is set. And then we realized, no, no, there's actually nothing keeping the bad guys from taking power again. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, this is the exact like late 90s, early 2000s, like kumbaya energy that I'm just like, God, yeah. this is a, this belongs in a museum. Like this just does not, <laughs> right. um, this, just, this is another reality. And what's wild is I feel like we barely talked about the movie. Like, there's so much weird shit. Like, it really is, like... I almost don't want to talk about the movie. Like, we didn't even talk about the Gaelic sport bit. I don't even freaking care about that. Like, like, yeah, this... Thank you for reminding me that that's crazy. Like, that scene is insane. Like, out of nowhere, he's like, I'm going to beat you in sports, uh, Mr. Villain. And he's like, cool. Gaelic sports. And they do, like, the boulder toss. And wrestling. And, like, running around... And, like, sheep tossing. They don't do sheep toss. I wish they did. See, that would have been fun. That would have been, like, a yeah. funny little bit. But they don't. And then they're like, mm-hmm. all right, one more game. Basketball. And then right. there's, like, they do a bit where it's, like, isn't he a little old to be playing basketball? But everyone else just sees him as, like, an weirdly, like, a bleach blonde haired kid. Which I'm, like, makes all, like, I don't know. For some reason, because my brain is already into, like, the weird yeah. ethnic politics of it all. I'm, like, why did they make mm. him look Aryan? Yeah, they did that on purpose. Um, do There's we... a Chekhov's mispronunciation where Irie and Eerie are, like, interchangeable, and that becomes, like, a big, like, wait, how they defeat the villain. They also, like, the, the villain gets, like, shot, like, again, a Nickelodeon sketch where he's like, Wah! and ends up in yeah. the lake, and I'm like, is he dead? Did we just drown Essentially, him? yeah, because he got shrunk down to, like, to leprechaun size, which is about like four inches and then yeah he was fired out of a cannon and he landed in a lake so he's dead and again like we talked about like with Zootopia like metaphors for intolerance being muddled when you add like a fantastical element and like the Mm -hmm. fact that this mom keeps being like oh we were mistreated we just wanted to be treated the same I just at some point want to be girl you are a leprechaun you are yeah. a pic- you are a magical pixie creature who can alter right. probability with a coin. Like you are different, <laughs> man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Do we have okay? Do do you have anything positive to say about this film? It's kind of funny. 
<laughs> it is kind of funny. Yeah, there's some good jokes. <laughs> like, there are yeah. a couple of funny jokes. Like, not again, gonna lie. Like, you can tell it's written by sitcom writers because it's like, well, you know, they get a couple hits every now and then. Like, the 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 setup and payoff of the eerie bit. Because basically he's like, all right, if Kyle's like, if I win, you have to go back to the land of my father, Eerie. And Seamus is like, Irie, but okay. And then he keeps saying mm. Eerie. And finally Sh- uh, Seamus just goes, could you just say it right once, please? It's Irie. And then he goes, Kyle goes, my dad's from Cleveland. And I'm like, okay, that's actually Boom. really funny. That's actually a fun, like, <coughs> twist. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it, like, it has jokes. I, I... I have like a couple things. You might disagree with me about this one being a pause, like, or if it if it being executed very well. I know you mentioned that some of the green screen is a little disgusting, but I do appreciate that um, in the scenes where the mother is a leprechaun, she is like lit properly, and she actually does look like she's in the room. Yeah, well, that's like some of that green screen is actually decent. Like, kind of fine. Yeah, it was for the time. I was impressed with it. I actually thought they did a good job of making her look like she's standing on the counter in the kitchen. She's lit exactly perfectly in the same, they're like all the same shadows that are on the other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has and to that be got my in, eye. Oh yeah. And plus it has to be graded on a curve because it's like, like this is back when TV had TV budgets. So even a Disney channel, movie, yeah. this isn't like the Disney plus days where like you're getting actually pretty big budgets for stuff like the Mandalorian right. or like, um, what is that one? It's someone can dunk. It's about like, a kid on a high school basketball team who's like, I'm going to dunk. And I'm like, yeah, this would have been a Disney Channel movie, but now that it's on Disney+, Plus, it gets a little extra coin. Right. Um, yeah, like, this is an actual TV budget, so this would have been tricky. And right. I, I am a sucker for, like, little like little critters on a big adventure. So they have her, like, let's go get my dad. And she picks up a giant ring of keys from her perspective and, I'm like, and like, hunches it over her shoulders. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I love stupid little things like that. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um... You know, another note that's, like, simultaneously a positive, simultaneously a negative, is, like, this, what is it about, like, 90s, 2000s film, like, they were simultaneously really good at padding out scenes with sort of, like, a diverse background of, like, extras and, like, sort of day player, like, one-liner characters, while simultaneously... Like fumbling over sort of like more progressive social issue topics, how did they simultaneously like there there was there was almost always this like really natural effect where it's like if you look into the sea of extras, all of these background characters, they look diverse and they are like they they were good at casting these in a way that actually represented real life, but did this kind of tomfoolery with uh <laughs> with the stories and then i feel like over time that kind of reversed where it's like things became all white everything all all white people all over the place while tr- that are trying to like tackle more progressive topics no no, no. I, I, I think i get what you're saying i think <clears throat> part of it is like again this was like really this is like i mean it's a, it's a very like late 90s 2000 thing of like like it's like third wave feminism where it's like oh, we're going to add diversity and that will fix everything but without actually putting in the work that diversity right. necessitates of like actually doing your homework right. on things. that's true, yeah. And then, yeah, 9-11 happens and regressive politics come back and it's like, everything's Everything's white. right, get over it, yeah. And again, like, I love me a Meg Ryan movie but mother of God, some of those movies, I'm like, this isn't New York. This is like, yeah. this is New York in a dystopian future where the, like a race war happened. That's why I hate Friends. Like it, it, yeah, exactly. That's the ultimate one. Yeah, <laughs> like it should it should be uncomfortable to like only see white people on a. Right. Right, like the the, the O.J. Simpson documentary made mm-hmm. in America like does that to like as like an almost yep. horror element where they just show like oh all these commercials he's in literally all white people except him. Um. Yeah. No. That's. That is it's okay to have nothing. Um, no, I'm just trying to think. Of like, I, I can't. I, like I can't lie. Movie. I enjoyed myself. I don't hate it. I kind of like. Yeah, I guess, and like, I know this is a weird one to start the DCOM series with, but it's like that's kind of the secret trick of like Disney Channel movies. 
even the bad ones, you're like, I can't say I'm not having a ride. Dear Diary, today was the weirdest day at school. There's this kid on the basketball team that I have had the biggest crush on all year, but after seeing him up close today, I think I've changed my mind. He walked up to me and my friends and started talking to me in this weird accent. Is he like on the drama club or something? And I couldn't help but stare at his ears. They were all pointy at the ends, like he was some kind of elf. Plus, not to be judgmental, but he was way shorter than me, so needless to say, crush over. Anyway, this week is some corny heritage fair at school. Great, can't wait to hear my friends pretend their great-great-great-great-grandfathers didn't totally own slaves. XOXO, toodles. Yeah, no, uh, this was, this was, this was kind like, okay, we told ourselves that we were going to do, we were going to start rating these out of 10 stars. Okay. How many stars would we rate this film? I need to think about this. I would give it like, see, there's a system, uh, what is its name? I think it's like Jello Apocalypse or something. I'll, I'll, I'll recredit him later. But he does a thing with movies where he has a negative scale and a positive scale. Oh. So like zero is the most bland. Ten is the most genuinely good. Negative ten is the most like un- ironically fun. And okay. on an ironic scale, this would be like a negative like seven or eight. Mm, actually, probably closer to a negative five because they do pad this movie out. There were multiple yeah. times where we were watching where I'm like, God, is this still going on? What are we yeah. doing? Mm-hmm. Like, do we have to go back to Hobbiton and liberate the hobbits from the orc invasion? Um, but yeah. Like, yeah. So I would say if we're doing an ironic scale, I would say... Say like, that we're not. Like, keep, if you're yeah. keeping it as simple, okay. out okay. of fair, 10. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Five only because, like I said, there's just too much padding for the crazy wackadoo shit to really just... To, to make it just, like, a complete, like, oh, I'm, I've been drinking with my friends and we're c- cackling at this. Yeah, I was going to even give it a four, honestly, because I think a five was a little too in the middle. I don't, I don't think it's positive enough. Um, mm. I, I have to give it a, 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 a four because I think that a four would still be sort of enjoyable. Um, but it's too batshit crazy. Right. It's but unhinged. Like, that's, yeah, it's unhinged. But that's those are the parts that almost that make me want to write higher because I'm like again, yeah, you're like, right. You wouldn't be allowed to make this if you no. tried to, like, you wouldn't get within the first ten sentences of the script before a Disney agent like snugged you from four buildings away. Like, you would have to be doing this like undercover, like with secret, like un- encrypted flash drives, just to get away, from, like keep it secret from Disney because they'd be like absolutely not. <coughs> Yeah, like, for the record, everything that we enjoy about this film is not for the reasons that they intended. Right. Like, we are enjoying it ironically, not seriously, which is why I'm giving it a four. Like, if I were to watch this film seriously, like, there's nothing, there's nothing for it. Other than, like, some of, yeah, again, some of the, like, shrinking effects are actually kind of impressive. And with they are. Perspective. That's like the one positive. That's a positive, it. and there are funny jokes sometimes. Yeah, it's actually like humorous, and right? Like intended humorous jokes on top right. of the accidental funny jokes, right? Yeah, it. You know, I. What else? How can we le- le- leave this conversation? I like, I highly recommend to watch it so that you can see what we're talking about. Yeah, this like again, <coughs> I. I, this was one of the most fun film watching experiences me and it City had, where we just kept like, like literally like a pickleball game where we're just hitting zingers back and forth yeah. to each other, and just. Yeah, um, <laughs> if you're gonna watch this, do like a group watch party and just yeah, like this might actually be the ultimate St. Patrick's Day movie because you want to watch this like drunk, like sloshed, sloshed as hell, and you yeah. will have a great time. Uh, absolutely and you know what else last thing i'll i'll leave us with you know i don't know about you 
and I hope this isn't wrong to say, I, I, I know a lot of white people in my life, and I feel like, I feel like you can tell by just looking at somebody, like, what's going on there? Am I wrong? I could have told him he was Irish. <laughs> Am I wrong? And until we follow the <laughs> rainbow to an RV with a safe that's filled with gold coins that inexplicably leprechauns have a magical ability to open, which I just realized was a thing we forgot to talk about in this movie. Yes, I'm sorry. This is an actual thing that happens in the movie. I'm Carter. And I'm Sydney. Have a magical day. Thanks for listening. No, seriously. Can you not tell? I, no, I'm, edit- I'm editing that out. Damn it. <laughs> the Disney Desk is brought to you by Carter and Sydney. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Desk for the latest updates about the show. Want more of the most magical podcast on Earth? The Disney Desk is now on Patreon. For exclusive weekly bonus content from us, go to patreon.com slash Disney Desk and become a patron for as little as $3 a month. Thank you.